Somebody with victory, go ahead and praise him tonight. I dare you on a Friday night to take about 60 seconds and let the devil know he's still under your feet tonight. I don't know if there's anybody in the building uh, that's been dealing with an enemy in your life. Uh, the Bible says uh, that the weapons uh, of our warfare uh, are not carnal, uh, but they're mighty uh, through God uh, to the pulling down. Uh, somebody throw your hand in the air uh, and just pull it down. Uh, that stronghold uh, has to come down. Your enemy has to come down. I wish somebody would turn loose uh, and just shout, uh, it's got to come down. I dare you to shout right now in the Holy Ghost uh, and declare it's got to Now, before we go any further tonight, uh, I think we ought to do a little hallelujah check in the building. How many of you understand what a hallelujah check is? You understand that you can't just sit next to anybody in church because there's some people uh, that'll put your fire out. So I need you to turn to your neighbor for a moment uh, and tell them neighbor. Some of y'all ain't doing it right. Tell them neighbor. Tell them hallelujah. Tell them hallelujah. Now, if they looked at you like you were crazy, pick up your Bible and tell them I got to find somebody else to sit next to tonight. Turn and tell your neighbor, shout neighbor. Hallelujah. If they shouted back at you, give them a high five tonight uh, and tell them, let's uh, have a church tonight. Woo! If you don't want to get wet, don't sit on my pew tonight, baby. If you don't want to get hit with the Holy Ghost, you might want to find somebody else uh, to sit next to tonight. Uh, I don't know about you, but I came ready uh, for God to do something big in this building. I just need 20 radical young people in the building. Uh, you're not worried about looking cute. Uh, you're not worried about looking smooth. Uh, you're not worried about being prim uh, and proper. Uh, but tonight, uh, you came ready uh, for a breakthrough in this. Push your neighbor out of the way if you got to. Tell him, excuse me a moment. Uh, I've got to give him praise. Uh, I've got to give him praise. See, you don't know what it took for me just to be in the building tonight. You don't understand the price I had to pay just to be here tonight. So you can sit there if you want to with your legs crossed, your arms crossed, and your eyes crossed. But I, I've got to give him
Yeah. My, 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 it could get a little crazy in here tonight. Hallelujah. Anybody excited to be in the house of the Lord tonight? That would be okay if we were at a golf tournament. Uh, is there anybody excited uh, to be in the house uh, of the living God tonight? Uh, to be in his presence? Uh, to be in his power? Uh, Just remain standing with me for a moment. I do want to take a quick moment to say what a privilege and an honor it is to be in the house of the Lord with you tonight all the way in Carson City, Nevada. I'm telling you, I'm expecting God to do something incredible at pursuit tonight. Now, you understand the word pursuit uh, is an action word. Uh, and if you're pursuing something, that means you ain't just sitting there tonight. Uh, but there's something active in your spirit uh, that says, I came to get something. Uh, I came to get a blessing. Uh, I came to get a breakthrough. Uh, I came to get an answer. Uh, I know your neighbor's sick of you messing with him, but tell your neighbor, uh, I came to pursue tonight. Uh, and whatever I came to get, I intend on leaving uh, with it in this place tonight. <laughs> I bring you greetings all the way from the Sunshine State, sunny Florida. And uh, I, I want to give great honor tonight to all of the ministry represented in the house. Would you help me one more time? Put your hands together. How many of you thank God for great leaders? I see many friends and acquaintances here and many of you that I know. And if I start naming names, I'll forget somebody. But I am so glad to be with all of you here tonight. And I want to give uh, double honor tonight to the host, pastor, and pastor's wife of this uh, meeting tonight. Would you help me give God a praise for pastor and first lady Hood tonight? Oh, we can do just a little bit better than that. Come on, help me give God a praise for them. And while you're doing that, help me give it up for this church tonight. Uh, for Apostolic Revival Center. Come on, help me give God a praise for opening up this place tonight for all of us to come and experience something great from God. Uh, there's no telling what God wants to do before we leave this building tonight. Amen. Amen, and uh, and uh, it is so good to have uh, brother and sister Alexandre with us tonight. They they just they came they came like scouts three or four days before I got here to make sure everything was all right. And uh, I love this precious couple. This is this is one of the Rock Church's best young couples right here. Powerfully, that's all right. Amen. Powerfully anointed and appointed. And uh, love and appreciate them. I know one thing. If y'all sit on me tonight, I got an amen corner right here. I, they got my back right here. I promise you. <laughs> and uh, thank you again for the opportunity to be with you tonight. And thank you for the great hospitality that has already been showed to me. I got off the plane. They took me straight to the restaurant. I don't know if they're, they're just being nice or trying to fatten me up for the kill but uh you know i i've been working on something i um 
in today's society, it seems like everybody wants to identify as something they're not. And so, uh, Pastor Hood, I just made up my mind. I, I'm not fighting with them anymore. If you can't beat them, join them. So I'm, I'm serving notice to you tonight. I do not identify as a fat man. Don't tell me I'm chubby. Don't look at it. Don't call me fat or chubby or overweight or husky or none of those words. They are politically incorrect and offensive to me. I identify as a skinny man tonight. I'm translender. <laughs> Amen. What, what were we talking about? Anyway, it is, it is so good to be with you, and uh, I'm excited about what God's going to do in this place tonight. And uh, I, I, did anybody come ready to have Throwdown Church tonight? I hope you didn't come ready for a book report or some little. Let's go to the word of the Lord, Matthew chapter 16. And I want to read verse number 18, Matthew chapter 16, verse 18, a very obscure portion of Scripture. How many of you thank God for the band and the music tonight? Haven't they done an awesome job leading us in worship? It says, and I say also unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock... I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Now, deductive reasoning would tell me that if the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church, then the church shall prevail against the gates of hell. I thought I had more winners in the building than that tonight. I said that the church shall prevail against the gates of hell. Go with me to Acts chapter 16. Acts chapter 16. And verse 16, <clears throat> when you have it, somebody shout, word up. All right. Out from the hood, sometimes this leaks out a little bit. I'm sorry. And it came to pass as we went to prayer that a certain damsel possessed with a spirit of divination met us, which brought her masters much gain by soothsaying. The same followed Paul and us and cried, saying, These men are the servants of the Most High God, which show unto us the way of salvation. And this did she many days. But Paul, being grieved, turned and said to the Spirit, I command thee in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out the same hour. And when her masters saw that the hope of their gains was gone, they caught Paul and Silas. One transliteration renders it like this. When her owners saw that their lucrative business was suddenly bankrupt, uh, they went after Paul and Silas. 
and drew them into the marketplace unto the rulers and brought them to the magistrates saying, These men, being Jews, do exceedingly trouble our city. Chapter 19. Now they, don't, they teach you in Bible college not to read this many verses before you preach. But what do they know? I can't think of a better way to preach than reading the word of the Lord. Chapter 19, verse 17 says, And this was known to all the Jews and Greeks also dwelling at Ephesus, and fear fell on them all, and the name of the Lord Jesus was magnified. And many that believed came and confessed and showed their deeds. Many of them also, which used curious arts, and that is just sorcery and magic and the occult, and they brought their books together and burned them before all men. And they counted the price of them and found it 50,000 pieces of silver. If you did the math today, that is somewhere in the neighborhood of $1 million. And so mightily grew the word of God and prevailed. The word of God prevailed over sorcery. The word of God prevailed over witchcraft. The word of God prevailed over... Chapter 19, verse 23 says... And the same time there arose no small stir about that way. For a certain man named Demetrius, a silversmith, which made silver shrines for Diana, brought no small gain unto the craftsmen. In other words, what he did brought a huge profit for the men who worked for him whom he called together with the workmen of like occupation and said, Sirs, ye know that by this craft we have our wealth. Moreover, ye see and hear that not alone at Ephesus, but almost throughout all Asia, this Paul hath persuaded and turned away much people, saying that they be no gods which are made with hands. Can you believe he's telling people that there is no such thing as a God that is made with hands? So that not only this, our craft is in danger to be said at not, but also that the temple of the great goddess Diana should be despised and her magnificence should be destroyed whom all Asia and the world worshipeth. One transliteration says it like this. Not only is our business in danger of falling apart but the temple of our famous goddess Artemis will 
certainly end up a pile of rubble as her glorious reputation fades to nothing. And for just a few moments tonight, I simply want to preach from this thought. It's time to put hell out of business. I just need about 10 radical people in the building uh, to notify your neighbor uh, that it's time uh, to put hell uh, out uh, of business. Uh, oh, uh, I dare you to mix your faith with the word of the Lord tonight. Uh, clap your hands uh, and give God uh, a great praise uh, all over this sanctuary. Come on, somebody. Uh, the old timers would say, uh, Satan, uh, your kingdom's coming down. I heard the voice of Jesus say, uh, Satan, uh, your kingdom's coming down. If you promise to preach with me, you can be seated. If not, just please remain standing and run the aisles as I preach. We are living in perilous times. Wars and rumors of wars. It doesn't take but a few moments to scan the newspaper or listen to the radio to understand that we are living in the last of the last days. If you even understand a small fraction of the significance concerning world events, then you understand that what is happening in Russia and in China and in other world powers uh, plays a current and significant role uh, in the prophecies uh, contained in the word of God concerning uh, the last days. Do you understand that just a couple of years ago uh, that Putin told all Russians uh, across the globe to begin making their way back uh, to Russia uh, as he begins to plan and prepare uh, for their final thrust uh, of world dominance. This plays a major role uh, in prophecy. Uh, uh, you, you, it doesn't take long to begin to read and, and listen to the news before you hear uh, about another mass shooting uh, or another riot that is happening somewhere. Do you understand that the Bible tells us uh, that in the last days that nation uh, would rise against nation? Uh, if you study that word out uh, in the original language, uh, it is the word ethnos uh, from which we derive the word ethnicities. Uh, ethnic tensions, uh, racial divides uh, are plaguing our world today. Uh, and then as you begin to scan the horizon uh, of entertainment in our world today, uh, the manifestation uh, of every evil imagination uh, of mankind uh, being poured into the hearts uh, and the minds of society. Uh, it is no longer hidden. Uh, it is no longer obscure. Uh, it is no
no longer something that you have to look for uh, or uncode, uh, but it is in your face. Uh, it is overt. Uh, it is in front of us. Uh, th their agenda is clear. Uh, you can listen to uh, the words of the latest Disney executive meeting uh, where they openly talk about their agenda uh, to recruit and train uh, young children uh, into the homosexual uh, and oh, it's going to get quiet up in here uh, and lesbian lifestyles. They, they make no bones about it. Uh, there, there are songs that have been written uh, with the gay men's choir uh, singing the words uh, that we are coming for uh, your children. Uh, oh, we live in uh, perilous times. We live in a society uh, where we have more education uh, and degrees uh, than we have ever had before. Uh, education is more accessible uh, than it has ever been before. Uh, and yet more people are confused uh, about which bathroom to even use uh, or which gender that they are. Uh, ever learning, uh, professing themselves uh, to be wise, uh, they have absolutely become uh, fools. Am I in the right place tonight? Gender dysphoria. People jumping in the gender blender. What kind of world do we live in when just a few years ago Glamour Magazine names Bruce Jenner as woman of the year. I'm sorry I still call him Bruce Jenner. I don't even remember what he said his name was, uh, but you better understand, I don't care uh, what you cut off, uh, what you sew on, uh, what you inject, uh, what you paint, uh, or what you modify. Uh, you are given your genetic code uh, by the Creator. Uh, and my Bible tells me uh, what power hath the clay uh, over. There is no such thing uh, as gender reassignment. Uh, when you get done mutilating your body, body uh, when they test your blood uh, your chromosomes uh, and your genetic DNA uh, will testify uh, to the fingerprints uh, of the creator uh, that said he created you a man uh, and he created you uh, a woman we live uh, in perilous uh, times God took all of the woman out of a man when he took Eve out of the side of Adam. These are perilous times. But can I preach to us for a moment tonight uh, that this uh, is the church's uh, finest uh, and greatest uh, hour. I thought I'd have some shouters in the building. Uh, I said the darker the night, uh, the brighter uh, the light. Uh, we have never lived in a day and an age uh, where the church uh, has had a greater opportunity uh, to win our world. Uh, I came to preach uh, to a group of young people tonight that you have been called by God for such a time as this. Out of all of the decades you could have been born, out of all 
all of the generations. This was the one that God brought you into. This is the one that God called you into. And God has equipped you to share his truth. God has equipped you to stand as a light. I'm going to need a little bit of help up in this place tonight. God has equipped you to withstand the vicissitudes of the world that we live in today. I wish somebody would let the devil know that this world doesn't belong to you. We've got a promise from God. This, come on, my city doesn't belong to you. It belongs to God. My school doesn't belong to you. It belongs to God. My family doesn't belong to you. It belongs to God. Somebody give him a praise. And I came to declare to you uh, that the church uh, will uh, prevail uh, against uh, the gates of hell. I'm going to need some excited people in the building. Uh, the world wants to declare uh, Ichabod, uh, which means the glory uh, has departed. Uh, two women gave birth in the Bible, uh, one in fear, uh, one in faith. Uh, one named her child Ichabod, uh, which means the glory has departed. Uh, but the other one named her child uh, Emmanuel. Emmanuel, which means God is with us. And when the devil wants to declare Ichabod, you've got to declare Emmanuel is greater than Ichabod. I dare somebody to shout in this building tonight. Emmanuel is greater than Ichabod. Emmanuel is greater. The Holy Ghost is greater than crack cocaine. The power of God is stronger stronger than methamphetamines. Uh, the joy of the Lord uh, is better. Uh. Come on, I'm preaching to some young people right now. You better get a little more excited over what you've got in your hands. The world gets excited over their stuff. You've got to show them that what we have is greater than what they've got. Come on. I'm going to stop right here. You can't be doing that little cute praise. <laughs> Did you ever wonder why God told Abraham to take his son, his only son Isaac, and offer him as a sacrifice? How many of you believe that God condones human sacrifice? Gotcha. Some of you always raised your hand already. We know God doesn't condone human sacrifice. And yet he asks Abraham to take his son and offer him as a sacrifice. Now, we know that ultimately God stops him. But what was God doing? I'll tell you what he was doing. You understand that in that day and age, human sacrifice was the way they worshiped their pagan gods. It was radical that somebody would be willing to lay their life down and take a life in order to show and demonstrate. And what God wanted to know was, do you love me as much as they love their God? I'm going to tell you all something tonight. 
God forbid uh, that they got more excitement going on uh, at the basketball games uh, than we do in the house of God. Uh, God forbid uh, that there's young people at your school uh, on their feet shouting uh, on the sideline of a football field uh, while you sit in a youth rally uh, as quiet uh, as a church. You better give God the praise, baby. Uh, what you've got is greater uh, than any sports team could ever give you. Uh, what you've got is more powerful uh, than anything the world has. Uh, come on, somebody. Uh, it's time uh, to put hell uh, out of business. It's a race between two revivals. Hell's revival and the church's revival. Do you know the Bible says hell hath enlarged herself. The church is born in Acts chapter 2. And it was born to put hell out of business. I came to declare uh, to some people in this building uh, that you were born uh, to put hell out of business uh, in your city. Uh, that you were born to put hell uh, out of business uh, at the job that you go to every day. Uh, I'm going to preach uh, until a devil busts for the back door. Uh, it's time for some of us uh, to start squaring our shoulders uh, and lifting our head. You're not the weird little girl uh, that sits at the back of the room. You're a queen and a princess of God. Come on, young man. You're not the little weirdo that hangs out by himself. You're a child of God. You're a prince of the king. It's time for you to get a revelation of who you are. My God, I'm just going to stop and preach here for a moment. About 20 minutes ago, we were shouting all over this building. What's in name? Jesus. What's in name? Jesus. There is no other name under heaven. Oh, y'all was shucking and jiving. And we thank God for the revelation of Jesus. Who do men say that I, the son of man, am? Some say thou art Elias or Jeremiah or one of the prophets. But whom say ye that I am? He stands up and says thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. What a powerful revelation to know who our God is. That he's not the second person in the Trinity. That there's not three people in heaven playing musical chairs. What a revelation to understand that there is one God and his name is Jesus, uh, that he's the father in creation, uh, the son in redemption, uh, and the Holy Ghost uh, in regeneration. Uh, blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood. Uh, now you see, we're all shouting over that revelation, and we should uh, shout over that revelation. Uh, but can I preach to you for a moment uh, that that revelation by itself uh, is insufficient. Uh, it wasn't good enough on its own, uh, because the most moment uh, he declared his revelation of who God was. Uh, God said, I'm glad uh, you know who I am. But Peter, uh, now it's time for you to get a revelation uh, of who you are. Uh, thou art Peter. Uh, and upon this rock, uh, I, well, I tell you 
tell you what some of us need tonight. Before the school year starts, you need a fresh revelation of who you are in God. It's time for you to stand up and be the man of God that he's called you to be. It's time to stand up and be the woman of God that God has called you. I'm going to tell you what some of us ought to do. We ought to declare war against dead church. We ought to declare war against easy church. We ought to declare war against quiet church tonight. It's time for some young men and women uh, to walk in and take dominion uh, in your school. Uh, it's time to walk in uh, and take dominion at your job. Uh, it's time to walk in uh, to the sanctuary of your church uh, and take dominion uh, against every devil in hell uh, that wants to stop the work of... Somebody ought to take 30 seconds right now and just shout in the face of adversity. Just shout in the face of opposition. Let the devil know I'm alive and I've got Holy Ghost power. I'm preaching to some people right now. You're the only hope your city has. Your city is depending on you to grab a hold of the authority that God has given you. It's time for you to stand up and take a posture of warfare. It's time to quit sitting down. It's time to quit laying back. The church is not a place of entertainment. It's not where you come just to sit at the table and eat bread until you're fat. But when you get the bread of the table, it's for you to stand up and do what God has called you to do. I may never make it back to the rest of my message. At the Last Supper, they got done eating. Jesus said, I'm going to teach you what to do. Don't keep coming to the table and just sit in there. You know, that's what it's like when you keep coming to church and all you do is sit on your pew the whole time. I'm going to preach till I bust something apart in the building tonight. You keep coming to church and all you do is sit there and relax the entire church service. You know what that causes? Spiritual obesity. A lack of spiritual physical movement. Spiritual obesity, which leads to spiritual heart conditions. God didn't call you to the table uh, so you could become a spiritually fat Christian uh, that sits on your pew. Uh, but he called to give you power uh, and sustenance uh, so that you would have energy, uh, so that you would have power, uh, so that you would have revelation, uh, so that you could respond uh, with prayer, uh, so that you could respond uh, with faith. Uh, and then take what you have here and take it outside of the, come on, uh, if you can't get a breakthrough in here, uh, how do you expect to get a breakthrough out there? If you can't get a breakthrough in here tonight, how do you expect to take a devil out at your school or at somebody right now or to just jump up out of your seat and just let the devil know you're not holding me down? You're not holding me back? You're not going to suppress my response, my worship, my praise, or my faith?
God has equipped you to square up against every force of hell where you're from. In Acts chapter number 3, the Bible says this is immediately following the outpouring of the Holy Ghost. In chapter 2, we find them going to the gate called Beautiful. And the Bible says that there is a man there who every day they got to bring him there. He can't even get there under his own power. He's depending on everybody else to even get him there. And then when he gets there, the only way he survives is by asking alms uh, of the people that are going. You know what this is? Uh, it is a biblical depiction uh, of modern day welfare. Uh, it is a oh, it's going to get quiet up in here. Uh, it is a biblical depiction uh, of people uh, who have been stripped uh, of their ability to take care uh, of themselves. Uh, but you know what God does uh, when the church shows up on the scene uh, and he's begging for money. Uh, he says silver and gold uh, have I none but such as I have. Uh, give I thee in the name of Jesus Christ. Rise up and walk. We're more than a social program. We're more than a philanthropy effort. What we've got is greater than any government assistance you could ever receive. And when the church showed up, baby, they took another one off the street. You know what the church was doing? They were putting hell out of business. There goes another one that doesn't depend on us anymore. There goes another one uh, that's not stuck in the system. Uh, come on, it's time uh, to put hell uh, out of uh, business. Uh, it's time for you to get out on the streets uh, of your city uh, and your community uh, and tell somebody, uh, I've got what you're looking for. Uh, what I've got is greater uh, than anything you've ever tasted of before. Uh, it's time to put hell uh, out of business. And then you keep reading about the church. Acts chapter number 8. The Bible says that there was a certain man called Simon. Who before time in the same city used sorcery and bewitched the people of Samaria. Listen, giving out that himself was some great one. I like this next verse. It says, to whom they all gave heed from the least to the greatest, saying, this man is the great power uh, of God. Uh, he was a man uh, that was a key uh, to the city. Uh, he was a man with influence uh, amongst everybody. Uh, everybody knew his story. Uh, everybody knew who he was. Uh, the, the economy and the commerce uh, and the social structure of the city uh, revolved around this man. Uh, but verse number 11 said, uh, and to him uh, they had great regard uh, because that of a long time uh, he had bewitched them with sorceries but then the church shows up and in verse 12 it says but when they believed Philip preaching the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ they were baptized both men and women oh, I thought I was in an apostolic church tonight 
he began to preach uh, the gospel message. Uh, and when the word went forth, uh, a revival broke out uh, in a city uh, that started with the woman at the well. Uh, but it had fallen back under the siege uh, of sorcery. Uh, but when the church showed up, uh, the people became delivered. Uh, and verse number 13 says, uh, Then uh, Simon uh, himself believed also. Uh, and when he uh, was baptized, uh, hell lost uh, an MVP. They preached uh, until the witches got baptized. Uh, they preached uh, until the warlocks repented. Uh, they preached uh, until the psychiatrist uh, had to confess uh, that Jesus Christ uh, was Lord. Uh, they preached uh, until the hypnotist uh, was out of business. Uh, they preached uh, until the clinics were empty. Uh, they preached uh, until people understood uh, my hope uh, is in nothing less uh, but Jesus Christ. I'm telling you, uh, it's time uh, to put hell uh, out of business. I need some of y'all staring at me like a mule at a new gate uh, to get your faith mixed with the word of God tonight. Uh, come on. Uh, it's time for you to do something for God. Uh, it's time for you to just come, quit coming to your church uh, and being a receiver uh, and start doing something uh, in the kingdom of God. Uh, God designed you uh, to put hell uh, out of business. God will lead you to strategic people in your city. I believe God wants to use some young people in this building uh, to lead you to some strategic uh, people in your city. Let me stop and preach here for a moment uh, because there is a devil that will tell you uh, you're too young to make a difference. Uh, you're just a young boy. Uh, you're just a young teenage girl. Uh, and you look around wondering uh, if somebody else, is, uh, you better hear me. Uh, thank God David uh, didn't show up that day uh, saying, well, I'm too young. Uh, somebody, because you know what? Uh, all of the adults were sitting back hiding. Uh, but there was a young man uh, that made up in his mind. Uh, he said, is there not uh, a cause. Uh, you can sit there if you want to, uh, but the God I serve uh, is greater than this. Uh, and God wants to use uh, some young men uh, and some young women uh, to bring down some giants. Uh, God wants to anoint you uh, to find the keys uh, to you. Come on, don't you wait uh, for the elders to do something. Uh, don't you wait for the adults. Uh, God has anointed you uh, to put hell uh, out of business. Come on. You don't have another year to figure it out. I'm preaching in the Holy Ghost. Uh, you don't have five years uh, to go to Bible college and, uh, and figure out what you're going to do uh, and mature. Uh, you ain't got all of that time. Uh, you've got a right now God uh, that's in this building tonight uh, that wants to empower you, uh, and he wants to anoint you, uh, and he wants to use you. Uh, you can walk out of this building tonight uh, with the power of God uh, racing in your spirit. Uh, you can walk out of this house tonight anointed uh, and appointed by 
I don't know who I'm talking to, but there's some people. Uh, you might as well throw your little plan out the window. Uh, it's time for you to just get plugged in uh, and say, God, I'm a willing vessel. Uh, God, here I am. Uh, take my hands. Uh, take my feet. Uh, whatever my abilities are, uh, help me make a difference uh, in the kingdom of God. Come on. Uh, I don't care what your talent is, uh, what your ability is. Uh, God did not intend uh, for you to sit on a pew uh, doing nothing. <laughs> Acts chapter 16 Paul and Silas locked up in prison prayed and sang praises unto God they got a revelation that God wants to use us wherever we're at and when they prayed and sang praises, they became conduits of God's power. They didn't have to have a fancy sermon. They didn't have to be able to deliver a homiletical masterpiece or have a degree in theology or even be the best Bible study teacher. All they had to be was a willing vessel that even in the worst of times were willing to yield to what, you know what God was up to? God wanted to do a miracle in that place. God wanted to put hell out of business. Uh, he just needed a willing vessel. Uh, so they said, all we can do uh, is lift up our voice. Uh, can't even lift up our hands. Uh, can't even move our feet. Uh, but whatever I've got, uh, I'm going to give it to God. Uh, who am I preaching to? Uh, when you give God what you have, uh, God will begin to shake uh, the foundation. Do you understand that law enforcement, that, that, that prisons are a multi-billion dollar industry? There's a lot of money in having people locked up. And when they got done, everyone's bands were loosed. <laughs> that jailer walked in and said, oh man, I'm in trouble. We just lost all of our business. We ain't got what good's a prison without prisoners. There are, the Bible says uh, that he would have taken his very life. Uh, but Paul sprung and said, hey, uh, hold on a second. Or, hey, Peter stepped in and said, hey, hold on a moment. Uh, uh, everything's going to be all right. Uh, and when he got done preaching to him, uh, that man uh, and his wife uh, and his children were all baptized. Uh, you know what happened the next day uh, when they went by the prison? Uh, it said closed for business. Uh, they were putting hell uh, out of business. I'm preaching uh, to some people in the building. Uh, if you just get some faith uh, and get radical. Uh, there's some strongholds. Uh, there's some bastions uh, in your city uh, that if you would be a willing vessel, uh, God wants to use you uh, to put hell uh, out of business. Just a willingness to give God the praise in that moment led to a powerful deliverance. <laughs> then later on in chapter 16, Bible tells us about a woman with the spirit of divination who was delivered when the man of God said, uh, get out of her. And the Bible says that when her owners saw that their lucrative business was suddenly bankrupt, 
they went after Paul and Silas. They said, you got these men. They're preaching something so powerful that we're losing money. We just lost our business. This was one of my revenue streams that I just lost. Oh, come on, I'm preaching to some young people. You're anointed to put hell out of business. Come on, we got to go after them because they're affecting. But what would happen in your city if all of a sudden the drug dealer had to come to the church and say, I need to talk to the pastor because y'all are messing up all my paychecks. My business is down year over year. All my clients are showing up at your church. Come on, I just need 10 radical people in the building. What would happen if the football coach at your school said we can't have a team this year because all of the players decided they want to be at Bible study instead of football practice? Come on, I just need some young people radical enough to believe Believe that you can put hell out of business. And then if you keep reading in the chapter, in our text it said they preached Jesus until books a million lost a million. <sighs> Y'all get that later. He preached until Barnes and Noble went out of business. And they had to bring all the books. They preached until the idol shops had to close their doors and said, we ain't making enough money to even operate any longer because they keep converting everybody. They keep, come on, I'm preaching right now. Some of y'all need to get this tonight. You're not here on accident. You're, you're here because God's got a word for you. God's got a word for your church. God's got a word for your youth group. God's got a word for your ministry and your anointing. If you would yield to what God's trying to do, God's going to use you to put hell out of business. What about your city? Tell your neighbor, what about your city? Turn and tell three people, what about your city? What about your city? You know, I took the, I took the liberty and I snuck in to the record vault of hell and I acquired some of their business documents. Do you all want to hear what hell's business looks like? Did you know that right now in the United States that hell's making $110 billion a year on heroin? $110 billion a year. Hell's got a good business going. Did you know that every year hell makes about 100 billion on cocaine. Did you know that hell makes about 75 billion on cannabis? Did you know that, that hell every year is making about 60 billion dollars on synthetics? How about this one? Did you know that hell, yes hell, is making about 600 billion in pharmaceutical or 200 billion in pharmaceutical drugs. 
A lot of apostolic customers. I had some devils snarl, snarl their teeth at me right there. I'm preaching to somebody in this building. If you've got a bunch of pharmaceutical narcotics in your purse or your pocket right now, God wants to heal you tonight. God will deliver you tonight. I thought I was in a church that still believed in healing and miracles and deliverance. That's over a $600 billion a year industry in drugs. Did you know that hell's books show that every year they make about $9.64 in alcohol? Did you know that hell's business shows that they make, I'm in the right state for this, about $60 billion in gambling? I watched them coming right off the airplane today. Straight, straight to the table. Spending their money. Yeah. Did you know that hell makes about $14.6 billion a year on prostitution? Did you know that hell makes about three point one? Billion dollars a year on strip clubs? Well, it's quiet up in this place. Did you know that hell <coughs> makes about 25 billion a year at the bars and the clubs? Let's talk about sports. Did you know that just in gate revenue? Hell makes about $40 billion a year just to get in the door. Most of the time to watch your team lose. And the devil wants you to be condemned over giving your tithe and offering to God. The devil is a liar. Nobody ever said nothing when I had my annual sports pass to the football stadium. Nobody ain't that something uh, that nobody was worried when I was spending half my paycheck uh, on alcohol in the club. Nobody cared. But let me start being faithful to God in my time. Oh, you got to give that church uh, your money. You got to. Baby, I ain't got to give nobody anything. Uh, if you only knew uh, what God did for me, uh, you'd understand uh, that I want to give. Give him everything that I've got. They don't mind billions. They don't mind seeing guys ride Lamborghinis and Ferraris and helicopters with five mansions who have a drug problem, an arrest record, 15 kids out of wedlock and on their eighth marriage. They don't mind them being blessed. Did you know that hell makes $145 billion on other sports products? Did you know that hell makes about $29 billion a year in the film industry? <laughs> Some of y'all are customers. 
that little Netflix account you got. Because you ain't let the Holy Ghost get you all the way right yet. You're supporting hell's business. You're funding their next movie that's going to teach our little girls how to be messed up. You're helping fund their next project to teach rebellion and witchcraft. And Did you know that right now hell's, hell's in business? They're making $62 billion a year on cosmetics. <laughs> I'm not even going to go there. That includes nail polish. <laughs> Did you know that right now hell is making about $61 billion a year on jewelry? Kind of like the silversmith in the scripture. Oh, it's quiet up in here. wonder how much of that is wedding rings anyway. <laughs> Did you know? <laughs> I'm sorry. But I'm not sorry. Uh, Did you know that hell is making about $5 billion a year in private prisons? This all added up shows hell making about $1 trillion a year. Our world doesn't need a stimulus package. It needs revival. What could a trillion dollars of hell's money do to turn our world back in the kimono? The answer isn't another bill by the congressman and by the White House. The answer is for the church to put hell out of, come on, I know, our answer isn't at the voting booth. Our answer isn't at the midterms. Our answer is a bunch of young people getting on fire for God and making up in your mind, we're going to put hell out of business. I'm almost done. I'm not interested tonight in you leaving here and just talking about what an awesome sermon I preached. I don't care about that. I don't, I don't, if that's all that happens, shame on me. I'll tell you what I'm interested in tonight. It's some young people that leave this service tonight. And a year from now, you point back. And look at all that God has done in your life and say it was at that service that I finally said yes to God. It was at that service that I finally said, all right, God, I'm not sitting around doing nothing. I'm not going to sit around taking up space in my church, but I'm going to let you use me to do something in the kingdom of God. I don't have time to get into all this, but... Several years ago, and I've got the Alexandres here. They, Brother Kendrick Alexandre will remember some of this. But I'm going to tell you how quick you can make a difference in your church. My second year in Fort Myers, we were struggling trying to get things off the ground. Every morning, 
Our church is open at 6 a.m. for prayer. And I noticed that there was a young man in our church. God started working on him. And he made a commitment that he was going to start showing up for early morning prayers. Is this all right tonight? I promise you, I'm almost done. And so Brother Steve started showing up for early morning prayer. Come on in. I need somebody to help me be Brother Steve. You're going to be my Brother Steve. Come help me, bud. And you know what? Brother Steve started showing up. He'd ride his bike to get there. And somewhere in that prayer meeting, Brother Steve started getting a burden for the lost. And so you know what he did? He started teaching a Bible study at his job to two guys. Come here, Brother Steve. I want you to get up here. Just come stand up there. And so he had two guys that he worked with. One's name was Naeem Hammond. The other one was John Sferlaza. Come on, you're going to be Naeem Hammond? And you're going to be John Sferlaza, okay? <laughs> and so you know what he was doing? He started teaching them Bible studies at, at lunch. And Naeem took it a little bit longer than John. But you know what? John didn't start coming to church. Guess where John started showing up? He started coming to early morning prayer before he ever went to a church service. I remember the first morning being in, the, in that dark little building, shack building, and we got the music going. And for people who don't know, they walk into those early morning prayer meetings and, whoo, Holy Ghost is moving. People walking back and forth, speaking in tongues. I saw him come through the back door with Brother Steve, and he was like this. He didn't know what to do, so he walked all the way up to the front. <laughs> and he just stood right there in the middle while we prayed all around him. But you know what? He couldn't deny what he was feeling. And he started coming every morning until finally, guess what? He showed up at a church service. And God filled him with the Holy Ghost. And he was baptized in Jesus' name. And today he's our youth pastor. Now, this is happening all in short weeks. Not him becoming the youth pastor, but him. So you know what? Now, as Brother Steve's teaching a Bible study, he's got Brother John over here, and, and Naeem's like, man, I don't want to be left out. What's happening here? So, so guess who shows up to church? Brother Naeem shows up to church. And he had his hair about down to here in a ponytail, and his pants were hanging off his backside, pants on the ground, pants on the ground. That's that old songbook song. And he walked in like this. Unbeknownst to us, hooked on drugs, addicted to gaming. I ain't got time to even preach about that. Suicidal. And he came in the house of God. And God got a hold of him. And he was baptized in Jesus' name, filled with the Holy. Guess what? He's our children's pastor now. And then guess what happened? 
Brother Naeem's excited. And so the closest person to him is his little sister who lives in San Francisco, California. And he's talking to her on the phone every day about this Holy Ghost. And she's like, the Holy what? And she knows her brother good. And she's like, who, who, who stole my little brother from me? Who is this guy? But there was something that reached to her through that telephone. And after a couple of weeks, I'm going to tell you how God works. Sight unseen. She packed her suitcase and said, I've never been to that church. I don't know half of what he's talking about, but I know my brother. And whatever's got, whatever caused him to be like this, I need it in my life. She showed up in her very first service. God filled her with the Holy Ghost. Uh, she was baptized uh, in Jesus' name uh, for the remission of her sins. Come on, sis. I want you to be sister. Come here. Just go stand up there. You just represent her. This is all happening in just a few weeks' time. So now you got, and this is all just one young man who decided I'm going to start showing up to early morning prayer. And out of that early morning prayer, decided I'm going to start teaching a Bible study. So now, Naeem and Camila, guess what they do? They start witnessing to their daddy. And they start telling their daddy about the Holy Ghost. The Holy what? The Holy Ghost, daddy. So we connect him with the local church. Well, I'm trying to remember, did he get baptized in Fort Myers? Did he come to Fort Myers? I think he came to Fort Myers and got baptized. He came to visit them. We baptized him in Jesus' name. He got filled with the Holy Ghost. He went back home. He's now a soul winner and a faithful saint at Oakland Tabernacle. Brother Miko Hammond. That's where he came from. Come on, I need someone. You're going to be Miko Hammond. Come on, you're just representing the body. You don't look nothing like him, but that's okay. So now, Brother Miko and his son and his daughter got the Holy Ghost. They start telling their whole family. <clears throat> they got family in Baltimore. They start telling them about the Holy Ghost. Guess what happens? Like 10 or 11 of them jumped in a van and drove from Baltimore to Fort Myers, Florida. We taught them Bible studies. They all got baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost. I need five of you real, real quick. You five. You four. Come on. Come on. Come on. Five of you, three, four, five. Yeah, come on, buddy. Come on. That's good. And then I need five young ladies. Quick as you can. Any five. Come on, five of you. As quick as you can. Get up on that platform. My God, if God was passing out husbands, y'all would be faster than that. Time. That's six. That's good. I got five. I got five. Y'all get up on that platform. Won't y'all scoot up on there? Scoot over, scoot up tight. This all starts happening in just a few weeks' time. Because of one young man. Come on. stand. I want you to stand up front right here. Because of one young man. So guess what? Brother John. Where's brother? Who's brother John? Yeah. Brother John, before he came to church, he had a real serious relationship with a girl. And when he started living for God, he finally said, listen, I'm going this way. You got to decide what you're going to do. She swore, I was born a Catholic. I'm going to die a Catholic. Till she came to her first church service. <laughs> Sister Christine came to her very first church service. 
God rocked her world. Her hands went up in the air, filled her with the Holy Ghost. She was baptized in Jesus' name. Now she's the youth pastor's wife, and she's the full-time director of our Christian private school. Hey, can you help me, sis? Just come stand real quick. I know you. Just, I need a, a body up here. Just get up on that platform. Thank you. Listen, I don't have time to, to keep going through this tonight. But in less than six months, it was almost 60 people baptized and filled with the Holy Ghost. From one young man. From one young man that made up in his mind. I'm going to spend the rest of my life putting hell out of business. Now listen. Now that was just one young man. We had three or four or five that all got the revelation about the same time that this started happening to. And the church went from 50, 60 people. And in one year, our first year, we baptized 150 people in Jesus' name. Our second year... We baptized and saw 300 people receive the Holy Ghost. I'm telling you, if God did it in Fort Myers, Florida, God wants to do it with you. Uh, God wants to do it in your city. Uh, he wants to do it in your church. Come on. It happens in a service just like this. It doesn't have to be at a stadium. Uh, it doesn't have to be with some special music. All it is is a service uh, where somebody makes up in their mind uh, and says, thank you all. Come on. Uh, where somebody makes up in their mind and says, God, uh, whatever it takes, uh, I've got to be used by you. I want to lift our hands all over this house. Uh, God is speaking uh, to some people in this building. Uh, God wants to use you. Uh, God wants to anoint you. Uh, God wants to do something in your life. Uh, all God needs uh, is a willing vessel. Come on. Uh, I want you to get out of your seat tonight. Uh, and I want you to make your way down to the front of this house uh, and lift your hands. Uh, somebody in the building uh, needs to give God. Come on. Uh, there's too many of us sitting down in our seat right now not moving uh, everybody in this building uh, ought to be moving out of your seat uh, and saying all right God uh, here I am uh, come on I need everybody to get as close as you can uh, step up as close as you can uh, make room here they come uh, everybody's coming come on uh, begin to lift up your hands uh, I'm telling you uh, only God knows uh, what kind of potential uh, for revival uh, is sitting in this building tonight uh, only God knows uh, I, it's not just book of Acts stories. Uh, it's not just Bible verses, uh, but it's alive uh, in this house tonight. Uh, there are callings uh, and anointings uh, that are ready to rest upon you uh, in this place. Come on. Uh, come on. Come on. Uh, come on. Come on. Come on. Here I am, God. Here I am, God. Here, come on. Lift up your voice. Lift up your voice. Lift up your voice. Here I am, God. <laughs> you gave me my hands to reach out to man, to show him your love and your perfect plan. You gave me my ears. 
I can hear your voice so clear. I can hear the cries of sinners. Can I wipe away their tears? Come on, lift up your voice. You gave me my voice to sing your word, to sing all your praises to those who never heard. But with my eyes I see a need for more availability. I see hearts that have been broken, so many people to be free. Come on, lift up your hands, tell it. Lord, I'm available to you. Come on, tell him tonight. My will I give to you. I'll do what you say. Do use me, Lord, to show someone the way and enable me to say, I'll say my story is empty. Come on, lift your hands. And I am available to you. Come on, that's a young lady. Give him everything tonight. Come on. Lord, I'm available to you. You, my will I give to you. I'll do what you say to you. To show someone the way and enable me. Come on. Come on, come on. My storage is... To you. Come on. Come on. Now I'm giving back to you. All the tools you gave to me, my hands, my ears, my voice, my eyes, you can use them as you please. I have emptied out my cup so that you can fill me up. Now I'm free. I just want to be more available to you. Come on, talk to him tonight. Lord, I'm available to you. Whoa, that's it. My will I give to you. I'll do what you say to Come on, come on. 